Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For, it, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Hebrews 11 is one of the most inspiring passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. It's commonly referred to as the heroes of the faith chapter. It lists the incredible accolades and acts of great faith of Bible character after Bible character, starting with Abel, working its way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, moving on to Daniel in the lion's den, the judges, Samuel, and the rest of the prophets, David, and the great kings of Israel. It's a moving, inspiring chapter. But if you're anything like me, you might crack open this chapter and you might not be having the strongest season in your walk with the Lord. You might not be having the best day. And the chapter and the way it describes these heroes of the faith can seem intimidating, unobtainable, unachievable, too good and holy and mighty for the likes of little old me, little old you, little old modern day us. And yet at the same time, we can look at our brothers and sisters in Christ around us and we can say, wow, that person has a level of faith that's like the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11 that we, that we read about all through Scripture. So for some of us, that person for you is sitting right here in this room tonight. For some of us, you might have a preacher, a minister of the gospel that you've heard at events and conferences that you just really look up to. I know for me, one of my personal, one of those people is, uh, is Reverend T.F. Tenney, who recently passed away. Man, that guy, like, wow, talk about a hero of the faith, a minister of the gospel, an apostle for the Lord. And we can look at our brothers and sisters in Christ or these, these people that we've kind of put up on this pedestal and say, I can never be like them. I can never walk with the Lord the way they do. I can never have that level of faith. And we compare ourselves and we reduce ourselves while elevating these people listed in Hebrews 11, while elevating our brothers and sisters in Christ to an unachievable, unobtainable level. But I'm here to remind you tonight that as the apostle Peter said in Acts chapter 10, God is no respecter of persons. He does not play favorites, and he does not deny anyone, including you and me, who prays and seeks to increase their faith. If you have wholeheartedly prayed that prayer and you have sought that in your life, the Lord will answer you. He will increase your faith. At the conclusion of Hebrews chapter 11, in verses 39 and 40, the writer says, And all these, all the people I just listed, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, 
that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Let's break down what that means. It's kind of, it's kind of worded uh, rather, rather interestingly. It means this. These people weren't perfect. They had great faith, and they did great things for the Lord, but they never achieved perfection here on earth, and neither will we. They weren't perfect. They never would become perfect. We aren't perfect. We never will be perfect. None of us will until we reach our final destination of heaven. We, like those heroes of the faith, like your brothers and sisters in Christ who you look to even now and set up on a pedestal, they never achieved perfection. They never will achieve perfection. Neither will we until we're all united together in heavenly perfection. Revelation 12 verses 10 and 11 says this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. The same accuser who seeks to make us question the Lord, to decrease or kill our faith entirely, to trip us up, to cause us to sin, to cause us to walk in condemnation and hold our mistakes over our own heads, that same accuser will accuse the heroes of the faith of their failures, of their sins on judgment day. The same accuser will accuse these heroes, the people we look up to. And you know what? The same Jesus who defends them, the same Jesus whose blood covered them, the same Jesus who walked with them through their trials and tribulations, who helped them come out on the other side with the powerful testimonies we still admire today, that same Jesus who defends them will also defend you and me. That same Jesus covers us in his blood. That same Jesus is helping shape our testimonies right now as we walk through our trials, as we see our deliverance, as, and as our faith grows. That same Jesus will help us overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's entirely possible for modern-day, regular folks like you and me to walk in the same powerful depths of faith as those heroes. So what are their qualities that we can emulate? Now, of course, there is no checklist, no action list to become like a, you know, a super Christian, a super believer, a super follower of the Lord. But we can apply the principles that they lived by the principles that made their faith so strong to our own lives. So tonight, I want to talk to you very briefly about three factors that make a hero of the faith. Three factors. The first was this. Their epic moments of faith were built on the foundation of simple devotion to the Lord. Simple devotion to the Lord. In other words, they had a relationship with God. As, as simple as that sounds, as, as like Christianity 101, as that sounds, 
It's the truth. We put these people on a pedestal. We make their lives, their faith so impossible to achieve. And yet the very foundation of everything they did started with a strong, consistent, simple relationship with the Lord. Anyone who's in a healthy marriage will tell you that their relationship doesn't survive difficult seasons because, boy, it's difficult right now, but wow, they had a great time on their first date all those years ago. Like, a a great first date does not a healthy marriage make by any means. They'll also tell you that communication is key and essential to a healthy relationship. Imagine Getting married, especially you married folks who've, who've been in it for a while, imagine being married and then only speaking to each other a handful of times a year. That is not remotely conducive for a healthy marriage. That's not even conducive for like a healthy, strong friendship. Like that's not how a healthy relationship rolls. If you've been a part of, uh, of our marriage life group with Anthony and Phyllis Butler this past semester, You'll remember the massive significance our love and respect series placed on healthy communication techniques in these all-important relationships. We looked at how loving and respecting marriage requires purposeful effort and intentionality. And in the same way, the simple acts of devotion that are consistent prayer and the faithfulness of being hearers and doers of the word Keep the line of communication open between us and Jesus. It keeps that relationship alive. And you know what? Let me just say this. If you have not been consistent in your, in your simple devotion, your personal devotion with the Lord, if you've not had a consistent prayer life, if you've not had a consistent uh, uh, season of being in the Word, let me say this. It starts today. The Lord's not holding that neglect over your head. See, the difference between a marriage relationship and a relationship with Jesus is that a marriage is two imperfect people, but a relationship with the Lord is one imperfect human being and one perfect Savior. He does not hold your neglect of your simple devotion over your head, and every day is a new day. Every day is a new opportunity to get back into the Word. Every day is a new opportunity to decide my healthy, strong, consistent prayer life starts today. James chapter 4, verses 8 says this, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Notice there's no qualifiers in that statement. There is no Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you unless you've been neglecting your prayer life and you haven't been reading the Bible like you're supposed to. Then he's going to withhold his presence from you and, and, you know, like give you the silent treatment and be stingy with you. That's not how it works. If you draw near to the Lord, no matter how far you might have gone, he will draw near to you. The theologian Charles Ellicott says this, the Christian victory is a victory of dependence and obedience. Of dependence on him without whom they can do nothing. And obedience to him. It is in keeping his commandments. There is great reward. Again, it's not like a marriage. It's one imperfect person and one perfect God. We are fully and completely dependent 
on him. And although we will fail, we strive for full and complete obedience to him. And the Lord honors our struggles. The Lord came to earth as a human. He came down wrapped in flesh. He understands our struggles. He understands our flesh. He understands our imperfection. And he understands the struggle for obedience. He will not reject you just because you've struggled. He will draw near to you. One of the coolest testimonies I've heard in quite some time about simple devotion comes from one in our own LifePoint community. Now, as you guys, I, I feel like some of you have noticed what I'm gonna what I'm gonna mention, but I'm the worship director here at LifePoint, so I like really pay a lot of attention to to our worship team up here and just how they're doing, you know, like like what's going on in their lives. Like like I pay attention. And I don't know about you guys, but sometime around the spring I was I just realized that there was some sort of shift in Shayna Tracy. And I was like, holy, that's for reference, guys, that's like right around the time when you like started singing Waymaker around here and your great name. And I just noticed like, wow, something has like not not that Shayna was like not a great worship leader before, but I was like, something we've gone from like here to like here, like that. Like something has shifted, something has Changed, and so like I asked her, I said, "Shayna, what on earth has gotten into you? Like, I want a piece of that. Give me a piece of that. What is happening?" And she was so nice and modest, like, "Ha ah, ha Oh, it's all Jesus, girl. It's all Jesus." And so, um, a couple, like maybe a week or two after I asked her that, we were we we were out for a double date, the four of us. <coughs> And, well, we're all parents of small children, so what that's code for is we were all crashed on Nick and Shana's couch, their super squishy, comfy couch, and that's like our version, our young parent version of a double date, and all the parents of young children say amen. And so we're sitting around, and I was like, okay, Shana's not giving me nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask her husband what on earth is going on. So I was, I was like, Nick, what has gotten into your wife? Like, something is happening. And... Shayna's like, I'm like, oh, it's all Jesus, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I'm like, you know, whatever, stop it, Shayna, I want to hear from Nick, and Nick's like, oh, I'll tell you, you guys know, like, Nick's got his thug voice, I can't even do it, but he's like, I'll tell you what's going on, I'll tell you what's happening, he said, my wife has set, has made a space for prayer in our guest room, she has set up this whole little relaxing area where she can lock the babies out, she can lock me out, and she can really get in the zone in prayer. And he said, I tell you what, like at all hours of the day and night, you will hear her praying throughout this whole house. And it is powerful. And it is changing the mood of this house. And it is making a change in Shana. And after Nick shared that, you know, Shana kind of started to crack open a little more. And she said, well, you know, another thing I've been doing is I just really decided, like, like I do not like reading, and i got to figure something out with really getting into the Word, because, like, reading is, like, no fun for me. And so what I've been doing is, like, I can just stare at a page, and, like, it's just like, oh, I hate reading. And so she said, what I've been doing is, in the morning, I listen to my Bible app. I listen to a chapter in the Bible. And then at night, I'll, just to make sure I understood it, I'll pull my Bible out, and I'll pull my phone out, and I'll press play on the Bible app, and I'll follow along as I read it, 
just to make sure I understood it and really digested it. And let me tell you guys, because of her personal devotion, her faith grew. Because of her personal devotion, her walk with God grew. And because of her personal devotion, our church community has been blessed. Our community has been blessed with the benefits of her increased faith. So the first thing that our heroes of the faith did was they just had a strong baseline relationship with the Lord. And that is not out of reach for us. The second thing they did was that they trusted the Lord even when it was challenging. It's no secret that these heroes of the faith, faith, uh, they, they faced gargantuan, overwhelming, just impossible challenges. I mean, like, come on. Like, oh, you know, you, you prayed, and here in, here in Babylon, if you, know, if you pray to any god but the emperor, you're going to get thrown into a den of lions, and they're going to eat you alive. Sorry, Daniel, like, I love you so much, said the emperor, but it's the law, like, get into a, a pit with lions after, you know, you've faced all these other things. Because by the time that happened to Daniel, he was an old man. <laughs> He'd been through a whole lot. And then it's like, well, you know, if I'm going to go, like, this, is, this is certainly a way to go. How about to leave everything you know in violent, ancient, tribal warfare times like Abraham and trust a voice that claimed it was a God that was worshipped by no one you knew and go out with your wife and your nephew into this mysterious place you've never been, just trusting that that voice wasn't you going crazy. It was the one true God. How about Sarah? She's a hero of the faith. How about Sarah? Having a baby at 90 years old, having waited for decades for the fulfillment of that promise. And then at 90 years old, she finally has her baby. I mean, my Lord, y'all, I thought, you know, I, I, I recently turned 27, and there's a world of difference between having carried my daughter at 25 and now my boy at 27. So, I mean, I cannot imagine how it was for poor Sarah carrying that boy at 90 years old and yet, there she was, a hero of the faith. That is crazy, miraculous stuff that these heroes walked through. But their trust in the hard times, it was built, it was born out of their simple devotion. Their relationships with the one true God. David King David, he's listed as one of the heroes of the faith as well. He wrote in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What does that mean? When darkness and chaos and confusion, when attacks from the enemy, when terrible events resulting from living in a fallen broken world come against you when you walk through trials and tribulations. You can walk in faith 
and overcome mightily. You can trust the Lord one step at a time. You can quote the scripture that you studied in good times to yourself. You can speak that over your situation. You can speak that over your life. And the, the word of God that you have read in the Bible, the word of God that he has spoken to you with his still small voice, they can be a light to you and a comfort to you and a guide to you in seasons of darkness when it feels like you've been thrown in a lion's den, when it feels like you are 90 years old and you still don't have that promised child yet. Your prayers haven't been answered and you are still sick. You are still in pain. You are still struggling. The Lord can see you through those situations, every situation, because of your simple devotion. Now, I don't claim to be a hero of the faith by any means, but this is my testimony. Many of you know that over the summer, Brendan and I were completely stunned when we miscarried a baby. It blew us away. We had, there were no signs of it coming. There were no symptoms. We went to a doctor's appointment, and there was just simply no heartbeat. That's how we found out. It was stunning. It was flooring. It was the most painful and gut-wrenching thing either of us had ever walked through. But let me tell you, what sustained me, what sustained Brendan in that darkness was our faith. It was the light of the word. Now, I'll tell you this. It was the light of the word that promises healing. It says that by his stripes we're healed. It was the light of the word that, that promises that the dead can be raised. And let me tell you guys, when we found out, we did not hesitate to pray those prayers over this baby. We said, we've never heard of this, but the Bible says that the dead can be raised. The, di- the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed. So we did not hesitate to pray for healing over our little one. And when the Lord did not answer our prayers, we did not hesitate to remember remember to remind ourselves of the promises in the word about eternity in heaven where we know that one day we'll see that lost little one again that is what sustained us and that brings me to my final point the hearts of every single one of those heroes were set on eternity hebrews chapter 11 Verses 13 through 16 says this. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen from afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now let me say this. We don't, around here at LifePoint, we don't believe in being so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good, as Pastor Donovan often says. We do believe that the Lord wants to bless us here on earth. He wants to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
But at the same time, we understand that here on earth, we live in a fallen, broken world, a fallen, broken system. And so trials will come, and temptation will come knocking. And it's important to remember in those moments that we're running the race with the end game in mind. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We stand on the promise and the hope of eternity. Now, we just lost our beloved Penny. And she was believing and praying and trusting. Many of you spoke to her about it. When she got her diagnosis, she stood on the word that said, by his stripes I'm healed. He was pierced for my transgressions. He was wounded for my iniquities. She believed that the Lord who had saved her could heal her because she had seen, as I have seen, as many of you have seen, people pray and the Lord answer them. And we've seen them healed. We've seen them raised up. She believed that with her whole heart. But at the same time, she stood on the word and said, even if he doesn't heal me, I've got eternity on my mind. Pastor Donovan shared with us the Sunday that she passed about how, how on, her, on her deathbed, as she, as she struggled to breathe, she would lift her oxygen mask off of her face so that she could praise the Lord, so that she could cry out to him, so that she could worship him. How incredible. What faith. What faith. And she's not the only one. She's not the only one who wasn't healed, even though she believed God was a healer, even though we know God is a healer. She wasn't the only one who believed that. How many martyrs have we heard stories of? How many martyrs have we read about in the Word of God who believed that God could have raised them up from the dead, just like what happened to Paul when he was stoned and God raised him up? So many believers trusted that the Lord could do that for them. And Yet, even if he didn't come through in that moment, they believed that they were still living for eternity, that that was the goal. There's a powerful legend. It's, it's not in the Bible. It's not confirmed to be true. But there's a legend uh, when right before Peter, the apostle Peter, was martyred. It, said that, it says that his wife was being led away to her death first. And it says that, that Peter was forced to watch her being pulled out of the prison and carried off to her execution. And it doesn't say how, like, how she was acting, like if she was crying, if she was scared. But it says that he started encouraging her, rejoice, woman, rejoice. You're going to be with our Savior soon as she was dragged to her death. As the Lord did not answer their prayers to be set free from that prison, to be rescued from that execution. But they understood that whether the Lord saved them or not, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? They understood that if the Lord did not rescue them here on this earth like he could, they would still have victory anyway by being united with him in eternity. If we could all stand tonight, and if the musicians could come, Tonight, I simply wanted to be here to encourage our LifePoint community 
every single one of us in this room, that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you find yourself right now. It doesn't matter if you've been neglectful of your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't matter. Every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. The Lord can increase your faith. The Lord can increase your faith. We see the the story in the Gospels of the demon-possessed young man who harmed himself and whose father dragged him to Jesus. And he, he brought him to the Lord and he, he asked him to cast out the demons and save his son. And when, when Jesus challenged the man, he said, do you believe that I can do this? The man recognized the doubt within himself. And he said, I believe, but Lord, increase my faith. And the boy was healed. The boy was freed from the possession of those demons. The man's faith was increased. Our faith can increase. Just because the Bible says you were given a measure of faith doesn't mean that that measure can't grow or shrink. All of us can be heroes of the faith. The Bible is written. That chapter is closed. It's written. None of our names are going to be in the Bible. Thank God. Because I don't want all my business aired out for all eternity. But we still have the capacity to be heroes of the faith. We still have the capacity to have our faith increased. So tonight, I simply want us to join together and pray. If you would like the Lord to increase your faith, I just ask you to come forward as they sing tonight and just lift your hands and cry out, Lord Jesus, increase my faith. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.